Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. We canter here another episode of GSU ENI Radio here at Georgia State University, downtown Atlanta, Georgia. We're excited to talk about today the Executive MBA program at Georgia State, and we have with us Robin Melodnik. Welcome, Robin. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell us about GSU's Executive MBA program. How are you serving folks? Oh, we're serving the business community, and we have um, Executive MBA program is a 17-month program. Students meet um, one Friday a month and every other Saturday, and um, we're looking at focusing on students who are mid-manager level above, so our students have about, on average, 15, 16 years of work experience, and they're looking to, um, you know, expand their breadth of knowledge across the functions of business, and we have a very heavy emphasis on executive leadership development in the course. So now uh, walk me through the person that's out there that's the ideal person to go through GSU's Executive MBA program. Is this somebody that they're in a corporate job or an enterprise level job and they're frustrated or maybe their career is plateaued and they want to kind of give it a little boost? Like who, who, who typically goes through this program? Yeah. So the great thing about it is we have quite a bit of diversity of industries and functions of business. So, you know, even in this cohort now, we have a couple of physicians. So it's people at certain levels in their organizations. Sometimes they feel a little bit siloed, like they've always been in IT and they don't want to be seen as the IT person. How are they going to get to that next level in their organization, have that breadth of knowledge across the functions of business? So people who are already pretty successful in their careers and wanting to get that, you know, next level um, in their career. So now it might be to stay in the same kind of company, Mm -hmm. but it might be also to go out on their own and start a new company. Yeah, absolutely. So we have um, in, in the program, we'll have not only people who work for companies and organizations, we have entrepreneurs, we've got um, people at different levels of their organization. So opportunities for, um, yeah, either to move up in their organization or some people are looking, you know, maybe it's time to to move out and move into a different organization or even a different um, functional area of expertise. Now, how'd you get involved with the Executive MBA program. <laughs> uh, so I've probably been in higher education for uh, about 20 plus years and in different, I've actually worked at a lot of the area schools and had worked previously with Georgia State with their global MBA program. But when this position came open about five years ago, um, you know, I ran toward it because I have um, such a passion for leadership development and especially for people at this level in the organization who, you know, um, have the work experience. So they're bringing such um, knowledge and into the classroom. So it's a completely different than a, a traditional MBA because they have that experience that they can bring to the classroom. And so um, working with this level of um a student is just, it's a passion of mine and being able to help them with the um, leadership development. So now you mentioned leadership a lot. So the, uh, how is leadership kind of incorporated in the program? Sure. Um, So leadership is incorporated throughout the program. So they, the students take leadership courses every semester and it's kind of touching on what they've learned the prior semester. So we kick off the program with a deep dive into executive leadership development We put every single student with a certified leadership coach. 
where they will take a 360 and then they develop a leadership plan based on their, um, you know, creative competencies that those things that they're doing really well. And, um, and those leadership reactive tendencies that are limiting their effectiveness. So it's really um, developing that plan and also implementing it. So they have the opportunity to have a coach as a kind of an accountability partner to make sure that they're doing what they need to do. Because if you think about it, you know, we can teach them across all the functions of business, but if you're not um, developing as a leader, you know, you're not going to be as successful as you can be um, for your, your own growth and for your company. Has this focus on leadership always been a part of the executive MBA program here? Yeah, so we've always had the focus, but I think we've really kind of um, honed in on um, developing that even further with the individual leadership coach. We also provide the students with a team coach. So we put them on teams that they're with throughout the program. So how are you negotiating, um, you know, when there's conflict and, you know, you can't just kick, um, you know, like at work, sometimes you can't always fire people. How do you work with people that maybe it's, you know, not working well? How do you overcome um, differences and work together? And we also have uh, career coaches on staff, too, to help them um, in terms of getting to that next level. So now the person that's uh, in that that prospective person that's going to do an executive MBA program, there's obviously a lot of choices out there mm-hmm. in the metro area yes. to go down. What separates kind of the GSU program from the others in your mind? Okay, that's several things. So first of all, I think it's the students, um, the diversity of students we have in terms of industry and representative across the um, all the functions of business and um, their level of experience. So we tend to skew higher on years of work experience. So on average, ours is about 16. And then I think that brings such a difference to the classroom. So um, the network that they receive from from the program from their classmates I think um, I can't say enough about our faculty. I mean, I think the students would agree too. they're, you know, uh, just a step above. So we call them kind of pracademics because they have that academic background, but they also have that practical experience that they're bringing into the classroom um, with just great years of work experience such dedication to the students in terms of I've seen them early in the morning meeting with students or in the evenings, you know, whatever they can do to make sure that our students are successful. Um, And that piece and the third piece to that, I think, is really around um, our innovative curriculum. So we're able to, um, you know, immediately meet the demands of the business community. So for instance, this course that the students take, this is the second year they've taken the course on entrepreneurship and innovation. So we think, you know, whether you are an entrepreneur or you work for a company, you need to think like an entrepreneur. So the skills that they gain in this um, course, um, you know, help their career. Um, In terms of so curriculum and then leadership development, I think is a big piece that sets us apart as well. Um, a lot of people tell us, or a lot of students tell us, really the culture. Um, so it is kind of like a family when you come in. Um, you have such a supportive staff and faculty and classmates. It's a very collaborative program. So the students, um, you know, feel a sense of community. And so I think our culture is a big piece of why we attract students as well. And then walk me through what the curriculum is. So like, is it, it, you mentioned it's weekly-ish, 
weekly plus a little bit? Yeah, so it's every other weekend. So all of our students are working. Um, so they've got a lot of commitments, you know, work and family. Um, so our classes um, are every other Friday uh, afternoon and um for like Saturday. what window of time um so the current club we've changed the schedule for this year so they're just going one full friday a month but um with our current students they are in there every other friday and they start at one o'clock and go to seven o'clock mm-hmm. and uh saturdays it's all day um 8 30 to 5 30 so they're always taking two courses at a time and typically folk one is a quantitative based course and another a qualitative based course so that's how we kind of match them up and um, so they focus on those two courses for a uh, length of time, depending but on the course. But there's a cohort that they stick with the mm-hmm. whole time? Yes. So they stick with their cohort. Um, the current students that are here today, we um, their co- cohort is 39 students. Um, so it gives a great opportunity for um, to have that connection with the faculty and with each other. Um, their classes are across the functions of business, like I had mentioned. Um, we have a heavy emphasis on the accounting and finance because we think that's kind of the language of business. So kicking it off with the accounting piece and um, they are able to take, you know, courses on strategy and accounting and analytics and um uh, all the different functions, and we also provide some certificate programs that they can get, um, certificates that they can get as part of the EMBA. So we have one in fintech, for instance, and also analytics. Now, is it available to, like, say, I'm an enterprise-level company and I want to put a bunch of people through? Like, can you customize it to my company's um, specific needs, or is it kind of it just generalized? Yeah, it's a general format, and we have um, so the students take all the same classes together and um, they're set they're set mm-hmm. courses. So that's the only way that it comes in that format. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes. if I'm a big company and I say I want to focus on this, you can't carve out my own personalized executive MBA for my company. Well, we could do that through sort of an executive education non-degree if mm-hmm. there's <clears throat> certain things that a company is looking for and wants to, um, we can make a customized program um, on the non-degree side. And always we're open for, um, you know, if I had a certain level and there were different, you know, if they wanted something along the certificate program, that's something we could definitely look into. So you work with companies to solve whatever their kind of higher education needs are? Yes, and then for you, what's the biggest challenge in the job? Is it to get the word out to the individual students or let companies know that this is available? Uh, I think it's challenging um, because of there's so many um, great schools in the area and with the economy. So, for instance, the economy doing so well, uh, people tend to think, oh, I don't need to do this because I'm doing great in my job. Uh, what we feel this is the exact time you should do right. it because when the economy goes down again, you want to be the one in the stack of that has MBAs. Right. So, it's like you know you yeah. you you get the uh, credit line before you need the credit line. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now, what's the most rewarding part of the job for you? Um, it's really seeing the transformation of the students. So I get to see them from the marketing recruiting phase when they first come to an information session and watching them transform over, you know, the course of 17 months. And I think a lot of them come in thinking, okay, I'm getting this MBA and very focused and not really realizing 
what it's going to do to them, you know, every aspect of their life um, in terms of the transformation. So it's watching, you know, them from the start into the end and, and see how much they've grown and, and where they are in their careers. Do you have a story you can share? You don't have to name names of somebody that made kind of a monumental change. Yes. So um, I have a, a student that, and I think it's more internally, and he was, um, I was coaching him in his leadership coaching, and he was one, um, so we, at the very end of the coaching, we typically ask, you know, what was the ROI of your coaching? You know, because we're a business school, we need to know these things. And you were the coach? Yeah. So, so and... Yeah. Um, That's he, always fun, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, so it was with a big group, and um, he said that... Um, it would be worth a couple million dollars a year for him because he doesn't live in fear anymore. And so how that changed into his, you know, his job and his life, um, I think was, you know, that was very rewarding for me. And these stories aren't, you know, that's pretty similar to things that we hear. You know, another student had mentioned that it's changed, um, you know, it was, priceless to her because the way she was leading was destroying her health. So when you hear stories like that, I think it's just really phenomenal. And right, then, the impact you're making. Yeah. So the impact in that, and then, you know, the ones that come in and like, you know, typically I see, you know, um, people changing jobs and making transitions very quickly. So they think, you know, um, what we talk about with the program is what you learn is very ap- uh, applicable the very next, you know, Monday. So you finish stuff on the weekend and then you come into class or come into work on Monday and people see a totally different you. So um, in terms of transition throughout the program, we see people moving up, um, you know, not at the very end, but throughout because of what they're gaining from the program. And I think that's quite rewarding. And then it's probably people don't think that's going to happen. They think they have to go through the program and then the benefits will happen, but they're happening kind of in real time. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. And uh, who'd you bring with you? Oh, yes. So I have uh, two of our students for class of 2020. And um, so we've got Amanda Stanzione and Dwayne Roach. And then you got Jan. Oh, and Jan. Sorry, our (laughs) entrepreneur. (laughs) Well, let's start with Jan. What's your involvement with the executive, uh, Jan Haybrook? Yeah, Jan Haybrook, uh, CEO of MD Outlook. I got involved with uh, the GSU EMBA program really through a organization that I'm part of, which is Entrepreneurs Organization, EO, mm-hmm. who have about 14,000 members um, globally, about 150 in the um, Atlanta chapter. And they reached out to the chapter and said, um, you know, are there entrepreneurs who want to participate or partner with uh, the EMBA program to share uh, either an opportunity or a growth uh, challenge with the students, um, you know, present a case and have a group of students look at that case and then, you know, uh, learn what uh, what there is to be learned for your business. So now, I'm unclear what you mean by that. So you came or you partnered with the Executive MBA program or you came to them with a challenge and then they helped you solve it or what was your role? Sure. Um we uh, got the opportunity to participate with a uh, a class uh, of the EMBA program uh, on entrepreneurship. And so a number of uh, uh, business leaders uh, were able to present their 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 case, their 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 company and the growth challenges that they had and let the uh, team 
review it and give advice. So your company, MD Outlook, comes into the class and said, hey, this is my company. This is what we're doing. Yes. This is what we want to do. And then they figure out, gave you suggestions or recommendations? Yes, that's exactly what, what happened. <laughs> so what, I mean, so that you have to have a level of vulnerability to share kind of this stuff with a bunch of students. How, how did that decision take place? I mean, was that an easy decision for you as an organization to make? Um, whenever you talk about your own challenges or your own opportunities, right. it, no, it's not. <laughs> you have to think about it. Um, right. I think uh, it came through a trusted partner in this case, Entrepreneurs Organization, right. and uh, through Jennifer Shear, who's the, the leader of that program, uh, not at EO, but at uh, the EMBA program. And um, I had to think about it, but I think we, um, in our first conversation, it was clear that there was a real interest from the group, the five students that I worked with, in not just listening, but really learning what it is to be an entrepreneur um, and learning about the challenge and the opportunities that I had. And I realized that I needed to open up. If I don't open up, uh, there's nothing that I can learn. Right. So now, um, did you work with Robin? Was she part of this uh, equation or, or you uh, had a different Not directly. Person? Not right. directly. Uh, she was obviously leading the entire program. Uh, this was working with uh, Jennifer Shear and then with uh, Amanda, with Dwayne, uh, another right. Dwayne, and uh, uh, Scott and Jamie. So now out of the entire cohort, just a certain group worked with your company and then I guess they were divided up amongst the other um, People in the cohort, is that how it worked? Correct, yes. I, I don't know how many entrepreneurs uh, participated in the program, but uh, the group was assigned to me. I don't know how the group got assigned to me. <laughs> right, they but, just showed uh, up one day. They, they said, come here. <laughs> they showed up one day, and this is the time that you need to present your, your, your business case. Uh, and we had a two-hour uh, long, uh, actually, WebEx uh, to discuss the the business opportunities I was traveling in Europe. So we made it work and uh, walk through what the business was, what our, uh, what we do, uh, who our clients are, what our challenges are, what our opportunities are. Um, there was a lot of back and forth in terms of questions. Um, There's a lot of back and forth in terms of documents that they wanted. And, um, we had a follow-up session about a week later uh, to answer some questions. I met the, the group in person. And then a week later, lo and behold, you know, here was uh, the recommendation. So it was an amazing turnaround uh, and uh, a, a really good experience where they presented to me as part of the entire cohort mm -hmm. uh, their solutions. And I got to ask some questions. Uh, the group asked, uh, was uh, able to ask some questions. And, and uh, all in all, it was a really positive experience. So now, how did you narrow down the scope of what you wanted out of the... Um, actually, I gave them three different challenges, and they decided they were going to tackle them all. So, so you it, were surprised it, by that? I was surprised by that, because these challenges and opportunities were interrelated. Uh, they focused on uh, you know, funding, they focused on staff, and they focused on a business opportunity, and they all kind of flow together. So the group said, you know, we're going to tackle all of them uh, because as, as an integrated package. And, and I was, one, surprised by the fact that they were able to do that. And two, uh, I think it showed me their level of understanding of how a business works. It's not just an isolated issue. It really is a, 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 you know, a, a whole suite of, of things that you're working on to, to improve your business. 
So now as an entrepreneur in your career and uh, being part of an organization like EO, where that that's your around a bunch of entrepreneurs, how did this kind of student led uh, executive MBA group kind of compare to those other uh, entrepreneurs you've kind of been working with historically? Um, I think, uh, well, that's a great question. Uh, I think they came to the 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 situation with a with an open mind. Well, fresh eyes for sure. Fresh eyes. You're getting people like Robin said. These are people with a you know decade plus of seasoned kind of business acumen that they've accumulated, and now they're all kind of thrown together in a pile. And then they've given you're giving them a challenge that they're probably not familiar with as well. Yes, but I think not only fresh eyes, but also an open mind. And one of the things I think that we learn through EO is, for instance, that um, entrepreneurs are pretty opinionated. Uh, you know, it's very easy to give your opinion, but what is really much better is to uh, to have an experience share. And with an experience share, you can learn whatever is relevant to you from that uh, that the the experience that is being shared with you. You'll pick up what is really relevant to you rather than the opinion of someone. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what the group brought to the table from the from the get-go. So um, it was less opinions and more kind of research, fact-based kind of suggestions or recommendations? Y- yes, uh, absolutely. And and the experience share itself, this is what I've done in my business or this is what we have uh, worked on in our environment and picking up on that. So now in your career, have you always been an entrepreneur or did you have a real job at some point? Um, I have had many real jobs. uh, And in fact, uh, you know, I'm celebrating 25 years of my MBA, uh, you know, uh, course actually next month. Um, So I've been through the MBA process. I understand it, but it was very early on in my career. So I've worked for large pharmaceutical companies. I've worked uh, for large uh, drug distribution companies. I've worked for smaller entities. And I think, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I started as an entrepreneur and it was my, my chance to uh, kind of build something myself. Uh, and it's been a really rewarding experience. So now you started in Europe and then came to the United States? That's correct. So how has that been for you? Like, what's the difference between being a European entrepreneur and an American entrepreneur? Um, I think the... Uh, there are lots of similarities. So probably 95% is similar and 5% is different, which is kind of the interesting piece. Um, what is really uh, similar is the ability or the need to have a drive and the uh, need to work with or the ability to work with people and kind of you know bring something together as a team um, uh, for your clients. That uh, remains the same. What is different is that in Europe, there's a lot more uh, government support. There's a lot more regulations that you've got to be aware of here. It's kind of a land of the free. You gotta, you've got to earn it too. Um, so you find your way. You um, develop your own, uh, you know, skill set. And uh, the the country is so vast that uh, in order to uh, really build up an, uh, a business, you have to think about. You know, will this work in California or will this work in Maine and will it work in, in Chicago, um, you know, if that is the business that you're in? That doesn't work as, uh, as uh, in the same way in, in Europe. There are many more cultural differences. Uh, you know, the country that I'm coming from is a small country. It's a quarter the size of Georgia with twice as many people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can be out of the country in two hours. Right. Um, and, and so the dynamics are very different. One of the things that was really interesting for me was the realization that 
the U.S. is a federal state. So the way that a state like New Jersey operates versus Pennsylvania, it's different. Right. And you don't really, really realize that as a foreigner. Because you see America as America. It's one right. big country, right? right. And, that's, and, and, and wherever you go, you kind of have the same, well, the same language, the same cu- currency, the right. same uh, people, yet the, the different differences are subtle. Right. Well, California and Texas probably run a little differently in your world, right? <laughs> True, but that's going like from Spain to, uh, you know, to, to Sweden right. uh, in, 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 in right. European context. So now, uh, what about from an entrepreneurial mindset? Do you see Europeans have uh, kind of an entrepreneurial mindset of, I want to create my own thing, I want to make an impact individually, or is it more of, I'm going to get a job and work somewhere? It has changed a lot in the last 20 years. Um, certainly in some countries, like in, in Germany, where you would you know join a company and stay there for 30 years, and that would be your pension, that, that is changing a lot. Um, I see a lot more entrepreneurship in the Netherlands, in other countries, um, they realize that uh, that really is a power to the economy um, and are supporting that much better. So it, it has changed a lot in, in the 20 years. I've been here now for about 20 years, and, and I've seen a, a tremendous shift in, in that period. What about in America? Have you seen it becoming more entrepreneurial, or is it becoming kind of a little jaded? No, I think it's still very entrepreneurial. Um, I think the the support systems that are there for entrepreneurs are much better. I think one of the the realizations that I had, if I could go back in time, which I can't, uh, that'll be your next startup. Uh, but yeah, okay, and then we can have another conversation <laughs> about that. But the I think if I could go back in time, the thing that I uh, would do differently, and I shared with uh, with the team too, is that you. Be open, learn from your your colleagues, learn from other entrepreneurs. We're all making the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. We may make them somewhat differently, different point in time, but we all are making mistakes and we can learn from that. That goes back to that experience share. So I think that's where uh, um, I think uh, things, uh, you know, organizations like EO, uh, the Tech Village, the, there's so many different support systems now where you can really quickly uh, communicate and uh, engage with other entrepreneurs and learn from that. I think that is a, a something that the, you know over the last ten years has really developed. So now, when you went into um, partnering with the executive MBA program here at GSU, and you put your ca- your company up kind of for scrutiny a little bit and for suggestions, did what was the takeaway? Was it? I know you were part of it was you want to give them an opportunity to help your company, but part of it also is you're helping them grow as well. And you're sharing your wisdom. What was the most kind of gratifying or rewarding part or surprising even part? I think it's a, it's a two way street. Um, so definitely I wanted to share that. I also wanted to share them kind of, you know, and I told them in the, in our first meeting, you know, I'm going to open the kimono and you're going to see not just a, right, you know, the good, a, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. It's not just a six pack, right? There's warts <laughs> and other stuff there too. And you're going to see that, but that's to realize that a company and a, and a smaller company or a, a starting company, there's, there's lots of things going on there. Um, and so that was one. Um, I was surprised by the way that they handled that. I was really surprised by the amount of effort and energy that they put into really researching um, our industry. Um, so the time that we got together for kind of the next round of questions, the, the questions that were asked were incredibly insightful. That in and of itself was a learning experience. For me, I think the other piece of it is 
when I look at the um, what came out of the uh, process was a combination of validation of my own thinking, um, opening my eyes for some some white spots or black uh, you know black spots that I had where I don't realize that that's important to to focus on, um, and some new opportunities. Um, so it was a really good mixture of um, uh, of of your different pointers for me to think about. Now, any would you recommend uh, other? Startups, small businesses, mid-sized businesses going through this process because it required a lot of time and investment, and it was kind of you were taking a shot here. You didn't know what the outcome would be. I think it is very worth the shot if you go in with the the right mindset. Because if you don't open up, you're not going to get out right. of it what you want. So if you're going to stay closed-lipped, you're going to get you know not the type of insights that you want you so you have to be open to share and you have to be open to accept and if you're willing to do that i think there's a tremendous value in it and um if somebody wanted to connect with you or learn more about your business what's the coordinates for that uh, they can go onto our website mdoutlook.com and they'll can find uh, my my details there and uh, happy to uh, to converse and then you got part of your team here Yes. And can you uh, introduce them? Sure. Uh, we've got Amanda and Dwayne here. They were part of a five-group team, uh, a five-person team, and uh, they've been awesome at, uh, at the work that they've done. All right. So let's kick it off with Amanda Stanzione. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. How did Jan do? He was great. He was great. <laughs> I thought we really enjoyed the experience as a team. Um specifically, as he mentioned, his vulnerability and being open with us, I think it actually made it easier for our group to uh, dig into the experience and to to really get a lot out of the experience because of how vulnerable and open he was and in, in willing to share his business with us. So let's get a little backstory on you. What drew you to uh, the executive MBA program and sure. you have a day job? Um Interestingly, uh, <laughs> I'm in the fintech industry, so financial technology specifically for digital payments and fraud within our clients' e-commerce business. Um, I recently left, actually, First Data when they went through the merger with Fiserv. So I've been spending some time on my EMBA and looking for my next opportunity. Um, but I started the EMBA program, you know, with our team last August. So, woohoo, we're almost finished. Um, but my husband actually went through the program and it was such a great experience for him that he encouraged me to do it. And so I was really focused on the program with GSU, um, you know, other rather than anybody else. Now, you could have picked any. Right. There's a bunch. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Robin did a really great job summing up what the program is about and the diverse backgrounds. And, you know, I think the the students that are in the cohort bring a lot to it. So whether it's their professional background, you know, the, the companies they work for, their personal beliefs, they're, you know, there's a diverse group. And, you know, I think just getting into the program and the curriculum is so rich and it's so applicable. And like Robin said, you know, you don't leave the program and then suddenly become someone you leave a Saturday and go back to work on Monday and you know, you can, you can take with you what you've learned. So now how did the opportunity to work with Jan and his company come about? Like, how did they, did you pick that or they assigned? You know what? It was, um, we're really fortunate that we, we had Jan as our entrepreneur, but no, we didn't pick him when Jennifer uh, was leading the entrepreneurship 
program within the EMBA program, we were broken up into nine different teams and my team was assigned an entrepreneur. And so we didn't know who it was. We didn't know what the industry so had would like be. a sorting hat. Yeah. I, I don't know how they out. put us, I don't know how they, how they put us all together. I don't know what the, you know, but they have some special sauce within the uh, EMBA program. Faculty knows what they're doing. So they put us with Jan and we were able to, to dig into his business and we didn't know what he did. I mean, we had to do a lot of research around. So his, you, this was a new. Oh, Absolutely. We knew nothing. We didn't know Jan. We didn't know his company. And we really didn't know the industry that he was in. We have one physician in our group. But other than than her being a physician, we didn't know anything about his industry. And then the group that you were in, it was just kind of random too. No, no, no. The group that, that you, I was in. You picked the other four. Well, we're set up it, from the very beginning of the program. You know, as Robin mentioned, we have 39 people All in right. our cohort. But we're broken up into even smaller groups. And so I am a part of a team of five and we've been together since the program started. And so we go through the program doing projects together, working on, you know, working on projects within each different class. And Jan's was just one of them. And John, Jan's was just one of them, right. Throughout their entrepreneurship um, program, he was assigned to us and our team was able to take a stab at helping him. And then, um, so when you took, when he comes and he explains the good, the bad, the ugly of his organizations and says, okay, here, fix me, right, or something (laughs) along those lines. (laughs) Like you mentioned, um, with the three different areas, you know, he brought to us three different challenges and we looked at it and said, you know, we can't address your funding issue until, or your, you know, opportunity to seek funding until we've looked at your staffing and the way that we've looked at your organization and we've looked at your operational processes and, you know, we had to address all of them together in order to, to make any progress and to really bring any, um, you know, suggestions back to him, really meaty suggestions, something that was meaningful. And then you got together as a group. This was mm-hmm. now, this is now yeah. a side hustle for you all. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Um, so after about two weeks, we came back to the class, our larger cohort, and we presented to them as well as to Jan and our professor, what our findings were and what we believed to be the next course of action to help Jan seek funding or the way that he should, you know, what opportunities he should move into. And then how did you present it? It was like a, 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 a power, PowerPoint. Yep. It was a PowerPoint. And then the five of us, you know, were up in front of the class and we went through each area of the business and our recommendations. And then so going through that type of a thing, had you done that before? Well, we do presentations. We had not gone through the entrepreneurship experience before. So that was the first time for the EMBA program. But we do presentations throughout the program, whether it's in strategic communication or even corporate finance. We we do a lot of presentations. But to do this type of a case study where you had you done that in your career no. before? Um not not cold not walking in and saying hey you got two weeks and uh and go go figure it out yeah so then how do you is that something transferable or how are you yeah absolutely how does that gonna help you yeah i mean i i think when we were going through it you know we were able to within our group we were able to take our different backgrounds and professional experience and 
help, you know, for instance, I've been in fintech. And so I am very familiar with machine learning and AI. And that's really my business. But then we had someone else in our group who's who's a physician. And so she was able to look at this in a different way. And Mm so I think, you know, it just speaks to the diversity of in the program and the different folks that we've got in our teams who are able to come together and, and make suggestions. And I, you know, and I think it just really helped us you know, how do you jump into speaking with an entrepreneur that you don't know, an industry you don't know, and really what are the questions that you ask and how do you get down to the heart of what he's looking for us to accomplish? So I think it's absolutely transferable. And then for you and your career now that you're kind of in this transition period, is it, are you looking to jump into another enterprise like a first data or are you looking to go out on your own? Or? That's something I'm act, I'm giving a lot of thought to. And, and it's funny because they say in the very beginning of the EMBA program, you know, you'd be surprised the people that you meet in the program and, and, and the journey, the personal journey that this program takes you on. A lot of times people graduate from the program and they end up going in completely different industries. And so I'm really giving a lot of thought to, you know, do I want to do something on my own and become an entrepreneur? Do I want to jump back into a large organization? organization or you know do I want to get into a different industry and that's something I'm I'm figuring out right now so now um part of your recommendations was around staffing for Jan right so did you kind of it, it was in there <clears throat> I know I should have right <laughs> no that that's funny I mean we a lot of my recommendations focused on a different product area within his business um, that that I think you know splitting splitting his business a little bit and going into a different product and it it does happen to ha- have some machine learning and AI in it so we'll, yeah, yeah coincidentally hey, opportunity so now, uh, who'd you bring with you? You have one of your teammates here yes, as well, right? Yes, I do. Dwayne Roach, who is uh, an awesome guy who has been with me since since last August. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten to know each other pretty well. All right. Let's give him the mic okay. and let him uh, talk a little bit. Dwayne, welcome to the show. Jump in there, buddy. You're getting the headphones. You're getting all the toys. You can... Thank you for having me. All right. So, Dwayne, tell us about your experience here with the Executive MBA program. So it's been a journey, as Amanda mentioned earlier. Um, I really like the program because of its uh, prestige and uh, diversity. You've heard that before. You know, at any given moment, there's a wealth of knowledge just floating around between the faculty and the students. You know, like Amanda mentioned earlier, you could learn something on a Friday and uh take it into your workplace on a Monday. And I'll give an example um, for uh, organizational behavior. It's a course that you really use every day. Um, Robin mentioned that the faculty, they're really, I'd say, really smart. I uh, For OB, I use a lot because um, I'll mention Dr. Uh, Nate Bennett. You know, very smart, very intelligent uh, a professor that I... Uh, greatly admire but the knowledge base his course is across multi disciplines and he does an awesome job of putting it together and in the end you get it and that's really rare sometimes a a professor teaches one subject but when you're done it's like a cross discipline and i think that's really great so now what's your day job you have a real job Sure. So um, I'm the uh, VP of finance and controller of a Jackson Physician Search. 
we're part of Jackson Healthcare, and uh, we're pretty much a staffing industry. Jackson Healthcare is the third largest uh, healthcare staffing in the U.S. We serve over 6 million people, patients, I should say, in over 1,300 healthcare facilities each year. And I've been with uh, Jackson for, for, for 12 years. So now what was the uh, kind of the impetus to get your executive MBA? Like what, what were you thinking? So pretty much it's a, it's a passion for me. It's a bucket list. You know, I've, I've always driven to want to be part of the intellectual team, you know. So you thought an MBA would help you kind of just get that kind of be worldly knowledge and be more uh, knowledgeable? Or was it something from a career standpoint, you're like, it's important for me in my career to get an MBA? So for me, it's really more the knowledge. And that's where one of the questions coming in, how the uh, program will help you leverage your career. So it wasn't so much of a financial factor for me. It was more of what I would get from the program that I could take and use in real life day to day. So now uh, you could have chosen a lot of executive MBA programs. How did you land on GSU? What was the driver behind that? Well, so it's interesting you ask it because I have my uh, undergrad from Georgia State University, J. Mark Robinson College. I have a finance degree and an accounting degree. So for me, given the depth of what was taught during the undergrad program, you know, it was really advanced outside of what I heard other undergrads at the time were talking about. So I knew to myself that if I ever decided to get back into a learning institution, it would have been Georgia State. Now, what about the timing? Like you said, it's been you've been working at Jackson for 12 years. So right. What was... Th- Right. You know, what last year made you go, you know what, it's time to pull the trigger on this. Exactly. So I have uh, an 11-year-old daughter, and uh, once she was born, I kind of put her first. And I I knew that it would have been a really hard challenge to have a baby come through the first 10 years. And uh, it would have been a very challenge. So I kind of put my, you know, education on hold just to watch her grow and be there for her and to uh, fulfill, you know, whatever her needs. For example, you know, each morning I get up, I make her breakfast, I get her to school every single day. When she was a baby, I would take her to daycare, drop her off, pick her up. So I really dedicated the last 10 years to my daughter, and I'm happy I did. Yeah, absolutely. So now uh, that's the beauty of an executive MBA program, right, where now it can flexibly fit into your lifestyle. Correct. And I think the timing is great because after having all that work knowledge and experience, it makes it easier in the program because I can connect, you know, what the academic is saying or doing to actual real life scenarios. Right. So then uh, having gone through GSU, what, 12 years before and now, how has it changed? Must be a different world now, right? Well, not so much because I've always had that you know, intellectual curiosity. Right, and not not for you, but for seeing Georgia State as a university change. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, it has evolved a right? big time, uh, big time. They weren't this many buildings when oh, you started, right? Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, <laughs> it has evolved. I don't even think Bucket was there when I uh, was an undergrad, so yeah, tremendous building. 
So now you must be proud of the seeing the your uh, college that you went to grow like this and and get the notoriety that it's getting nowadays. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think it has a lot of credit to the entire faculty and team and the structure of the programs like Robin mentioned earlier. I mean, you know, I, I've like Amanda said, we got four months to go. But from day one, ever since, you know, readmission and right through everyone you see on the weekends, they're just willing to help. And let me say this, by the way, um, Robin is my coach in the program and she's very smart, very intelligent, and I wouldn't have traded her for anyone else. So she, you're going to give her a good score on the ROI because that's at the end you're going to she's going to ask you that. Yeah, I think it's already, uh, you know, we've seen the returns. <laughs> what about Jan? How was working with Jan? Did you get a lot out of that experience? Oh, yeah. Jan was uh, great to work with. Um, we've heard it from Jan and from Amanda, but what I admired most was his uh, openness. Um, Jan realized out the gate that, which we did too, that if we needed to really do this, we really had to partner with uh, each other. So right out the gate, Yan and uh, a team, our team, like Amanda mentioned, you know, Jamia Pittman, Scott Wagstaff, Dwayne Daly, Amanda, myself. Given the openness that Yan presented, I mean, we dedicated hours. We we were upstairs on the 12th floor. We were on the, you know, whiteboard and things. We were brainstorming. We did everything from art chart to financials to new product line, like Amanda mentioned. So in the end, we could have had uh, good uh, recommendations. And let me say this. Two things that Yan said that really stuck with me. In the beginning, he said, I need to get an x-ray of my company. That was one. And the question I had for Yan was, what keeps you up at night? And his answer was all around the values for his associates. Mm -hmm. The culture? The culture. And if I could say that while I'm here, um, you know, I work, as I said, with we're at Jackson, um, Jackson Healthcare. And uh, one of the biggest things for us is, in our culture, you know, it's really important for any organization. It's what drives us. It's rooted in our mission, our values, and our beliefs. I mean, at Jackson Healthcare, our mission is to improve the delivery of patient care and the lives of everyone we touch. Our core values are others first, wisdom by doing the wise thing, and growth. And we anchor these things in such as investing in the long-term, learning from mistakes, and hiring for the right culture. So when you say hiring for the right culture, you're only or you're trying to choose people that already espouse some of the values that you already have rather than teach somebody that may not have those values how to have your values? Right. And I think that's very important. It's kind of like marriage. You're going to be successful only if you marry the right person. So the person you're going to hire should want to have it as much as you want to have it for them. So if there's not that alignment, there's going to be that disconnect from day one and you're going to work against each other. I think part of the team, and I told Robin in our, one of our coaching sessions, but GSU did a really good job of putting this program together. I mean, you got to see it to believe it, but our team cohesiveness and the way, you know, like Rob Williams or Robin had mentioned, Nate again, put everything together and their method 
of selecting the team members, it's unmatchable. I mean, we have such great cohesiveness. Robin mentioned you look at things like the DISC. You know, they do performance evaluations coming into the program, and they try to say, you know, based on your DISC, who'd be a better match for you. But at the same time, they try to get you in groups that can, you know, you could have some conflicts, but as leadership, how do you resolve those? And I think we do a really great job at identifying when the tension is coming and really stopping it before it gets too far. Now, any advice for other executives or management folks at Jackson uh, if they were considering getting their executive MBA or their MBA to go through the Georgia State program? Sure. I mean, I, I'd highly recommend the program again for the uh, the prestige and the uh, diversity. I mean, I think it's second to none. If you look at what the program costs, it's pretty much comparable to others. But I think at the end of the day, as a leader, the program is focused on leadership. It's focused in transforming you into that next person. And as Robin said, she, you know, had actual stories as to people that she coached and what they actually said and what it meant. You've heard from Amanda. And I'm saying that this program, it's, you know, it's second to none. I think the GSU faculty and team got it right. They do it. They got it right. And then what's the your favorite part of being part of this program? What's the part that you're most proud of and that you tell other people about? Well, I think that, and it's funny you ask that because I'm starting to miss it already. But we've <laughs> we've created a family. We've created a bond. And it's like if someone isn't in class, you notice right away, even though out of 39 of us, if something is missing, if someone is not at their par, not at their, you know, we're doing bonds and all that, not at prime or high grade, you, you get it right away and uh, you want to help. So I think that that bonding and unity that we have created as a team, and we're going to take this beyond, I can see us being friends beyond the program, it's unmatchable. Robin, you must be so proud to hear this, huh? Yes, absolutely. So now that's the outcome you desire, right? That's what you want everybody to feel. Yes, Definitely. And we see that with our alums because we have um, an EMBA alumni board. We're the only ones in the city that have that. And it's because they want to stay connected to the program. So they meet once a month and run the the EMBA alumni club. So in terms of professional development beyond the EMBA, there are so many opportunities for that to stay connected. And we even hear of teams from the 80s that still get together for lunch. So um, I think that connection, it's a, it's a lifelong connection. And if somebody wanted to learn more about the executive MBA program, what are the coordinates? Sure. Um, our website is emba.gsu.edu, or they can email us also at emba at gsu.edu. Well, thank you for putting this segment together. Thanks. And thanks to all of our guests here today. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on the Georgia State University's Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute radio show.